0: Log Talk Radio. <laughs>
1: Ed Serpentine, and this is the wild man, J.D. Hartzell, I'm joined with my uh, co-host here, Josh Ortiz. Uh, Josh, what's going on there, brother?
2: Hey, J.D., how's it going? Um, Nothing much, just packing up animals, shipped out a few animals today, receiving a cool shipment from one of my buddies over in Florida that I'm really excited about, so I'm going to be posting that on, like, my Instagram and stuff like that, but I'm really excited, a lot of cool things happening. Busy, but good. How about you?
1: Yeah. Yeah, well I've seen some of your crazy Luxurda uh, uh pictures and stuff on Facebook and stuff. There was some nice uh Lixertas on there, man.
2: Oh yeah, I'm I'm really excited about the Lacertas and the Homestics and Biliniana that I have gravid. so there's there's a lot of cool things happening with the Lacertas. I can't wait to get even more species. I'm really, really pumped about it.
1: Yeah, you know, we still have to come up with a, uh, a thing for you for your sponsorship, man. Do you want to just say something real quick for yourself? <laughs> that was kind of a funny <laughs> yeah, don't worry.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's Herb with Tafana by Josh Ortiz. And um, basically, I have a lot of captive bred lizards and snakes, um, you know, tegus and lucertas and, you know, shinosaurus soon, and a lot of huge variety. And um, so you can follow me on Instagram. It's Ortiz. So again, that's Joshua J. Dot, dot Ortiz, or um, my name on Facebook is Joshua Ortiz, and then parentheses it's Herbert So either one of those is the best way to follow me. So
1: yeah, and that's sweet, brother. Uh, now tonight's guest is an old friend of mine, you know, Ori Martin. Now, you know, I actually I'm sitting here right now, and I'm kind of watching his videos, and we're gonna have to get into those talking about the Chase for a Mouse, Uh Bring Ori on.
2: Yeah,
1: that sounds great. What I'm doing, really fellas? excited about it. Hi, hey, Ori Moore. you're hey, on the Herpes Time Radio. <laughs> What's
3: up, JD and Josh? Good to hear from you guys.
1: Yeah, It's great to hear from you, Ori. great yeah, nice
3: to hear from you. <laughs> Super excited to be on the show, fellas. Super excited. Like
1: well, you, know, Ari, I, I, you know, Ori, I am. You know, Ori, I actually am sitting here watching your videos on YouTube. And, you know, the first thing I wanted to say to you, can you scream like a girl still?
3: Uh, yeah, that's go away, dude. That's one of those things that I perfected in the bathroom, and uh, I pretty much got it nailed down. So, yeah, it's it's my calling. Um, I've actually stood in for a lot of films whenever the girl, in horror movies, actually. Um, whenever the girl, she just couldn't really get that pitch high enough, they have me stand in for them. And so, um, yeah, it's been a nice little side job ever since then.
1: Yeah, you're a scream queen. That's what they call them, I am. I scream? Yeah.
3: I replaced Jamie Lee Curtis. It took a long time, but I got it, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, you have a lot going on, brother. I mean, it's like seeing baby Molly. And I see her growing up and stuff, and you're a dad now, man. How's that going? That's uh, that's
3: going actually great. Like, I couldn't wouldn't trade the dad thing or anything, but it's just, uh, it's been weird, you know, it's, it's like a, a part of me got left behind and now it's just trying to get back into those old things because I kind of committed myself just 100% to the dad thing until Molly was, you know, self-sufficient. Well, she's only three, so she's not that self-sufficient, but hey, she's not pooping her pants anymore, she can feed herself, like we're golden right now, and so now it's just a matter of figuring out how to uh, get back out there and, and manage the dad-husband thing while at the same time still trying to get some films out there and continue my, uh, my reptile quest. And I got to tell you, dude, I'm getting huge into fishing. Like I am loving bass fishing right now, which I've always been an avid bass fisherman. But I'm going to start uh, actually filming some bass fishing videos and uploading those onto my channel as well. And kind of do like a, an outdoorsy type thing to my channel uh, on
1: top of snakes. So hopefully I'll continue a mixture of both of those. Yeah, you know, you you brought up fishing now, or you know, I have to tell you a little story. I took Abigail, you know, she's nine now, but we went down to a local pond and stuff, and I got bait and everything. I caught two fish. She caught thirteen fish. Oh my god! So gosh. Man, she 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 outfished me right away, man. I was I was just, I was shocked, you know, kind of ashamed a little bit, but it's all right. Well, my got kid fish? got it. Uh, it was a, it's a park that's not too far away from here, a little pond. Mostly what's in there is bluegills and, you know, the, the vase of red sliders they call them down there. I got you. But, uh, so that's yeah, a, and that's that's another that's video. And water
3: water, water, and that was oh, it. go ahead, bro.
1: No, I'll okay, I, I tell I you
3: what. A tree and a log, and that was it. And so after she cried, I was like, all right, I'll have to try this again whenever you get older. So.
1: <laughs> She's not quite ready
3: for it just yet.
1: Yeah, well, I seen I seen that you caught some reptiles and she was holding some stuff, and that's that's exciting to see your your child holding the the stuff that you love to you know that you love to hold. Oh, for sure. Yeah, she's she's totally different
3: from every other girl her age around here. I can tell you that much, just because her her best friend is our sulcata tortoise named Bruce, and uh, pretty much any time I go snake hunting, she runs out there with me and. She's getting pretty salty at identifying copperheads, pretty good at that. And um, that's pretty much the majority of what we see locally. But uh, any frogs, oh, my gosh, she loves frogs. Of course she loves turtles because of bruiser. And, um, yeah, pretty much any animal. She's a big animal nut right now. and So she's willing to hold and handle nearly anything. But, you know, once they start hanging around kids who find that stuff scary and, like, one kid screams around them, then all of a sudden they start, like, wondering, oh, should I be scared of this? So that they're a little bit more cautious than i like so it'll just take some time for her to see me handling them more we just caught a uh a baby grazed tree frog here recently and she handled it and just fell in love with them and so um she she's on fire about them for sure and she definitely loves animals has a soft spot for animals
1: no that's a that's an awesome thing brother i knew that would happen you know she couldn't she don't fall too far away <laughs> from the tree <laughs> exactly
3: well she wouldn't survive very long in my house if she didn't so <laughs> it's good that she chose to swing this way
1: <laughs> now you mentioned the cicada tortoise i remember when that guy was he was just a little tiny guy oh yeah yeah bruiser yeah.
3: uh, i've I played him in a while he's definitely over 10 pounds now um he's sprouted up a lot in this past year he's just five years old but he's he's growing like a bad weed i've seen some people have five-year-old tortoise and theirs are already 30 pounds so I guess he's on the slower side of growth or maybe it's the normal side and theirs is on the fast side, but, um, man, he's, he's awesome. We love our bruiser to death and he loves Molly. That is his human. Anytime she goes outside, he chases her and runs after her and follows her everywhere around the yard. So they got a good
0: relationship.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I have some little turtles. that do that. like the little painted turtles and stuff. They're in the tank in here and they, Abby comes over, snaps her finger, and they come up, and she feeds them and stuff, so they have a relationship with her, not with me as much. Oh,
3: yeah. But, uh, yeah, turtles, they, they crack me you up. Know, people don't give them enough credit. They're actually kind of like dogs in the aspect of they they person they bond with, and they really bond with that person.
1: Oh, so. uh, yeah, I, I love them. You know, I love everything, though. I love the snakes. I love everything. But, uh, yeah, you know what? When I look at your video... Good. You're not a snake. What? <laughs> you uh, you shock me. You shock me there. You almost made me shut up there for a minute. or, <laughs> Uh huh. Yeah. Go ahead. No, <laughs> uh, I heard you say you're not a snake guy. No, no, no. Said? I said
3: I'm not a mosquito guy.
1: Oh, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, you, know, you know, you feel the same way about mosquitoes that I, I feel about ticks. I, I really don't like ticks that much anymore.
3: Um. I'm in the same boat with you, dude. Uh, yeah, mosquitoes, ticks, uh, those those dudes, I can pretty much live without. But for the most part, I'm a pretty big insect person, arachnid person. I like all of them, but dang mosquitoes, uh, I whelp up like a son of a gun with those things.
1: Yeah, well, I said that you know during your taste with miles video, when you killed a mosquito, that was about the the most ruthless thing I ever seen you do, man. Dag them
3: right, and I'll do it with a smile too. Mosquitoes don't stand a chance. I don't like those things. Mm-mm. They they will all go down if they come after me. If they leave me alone, they're fine. But if they come after me, mm-mm. and then lo and behold, I'm I'm actually allergic to them. Um, and and I pass that on to my sweet little girl. And man, does she welp up from mosquitoes? Golly, does she welp up? Big old big old blisters from them.
1: Yeah, I I don't like them. They <laughs> I could live without them. Uh, take some. You know, yeah, I can live without them. But yeah, you know, I was out there watching the videos. You know, you have a lot of videos to go through there, Ori. There's, there's a lot of them on a, there. Yeah, well, I, I, I haven't
3: filmed in I think three or four years now. It's probably close to four years now. But I did film my first one this past. Uh, it was probably two weeks ago. Uh, I did a herping out in West Texas trip, and I filmed a. Quite a few stuff over there. Got some really great footage. I just have not finalized editing it and going through the film, and and I'm gonna upload it as kind of like a, a three or four part series um, where each one builds off of itself. And um, then after that, I'll start putting on some more outdoor stuff, just trying to get some films out there. But it was it was great to get back out there. It wasn't the most productive trip. We uh we we weren't the wisest in the areas that we chose to hunt, but still had a great
1: time and it was awesome to get out there for sure. Yeah, yeah I can't, well, I've been kind of in the house a lot lately and stuff, you know. I haven't been out herping for a while, but because of the old crazy weather, we have thunderstorms like every weekend now. So, I haven't been out there, mm. but, you know, the, the times I get out there, I have fun. So, I get oh, muddy and, yeah, you know, and usually the Abby's behind me and she's getting muddy, so... It's a lot of fun. I think it's a lot of fun with your kids and stuff to eat and get out there and get in the mud. Yeah.
3: That's one area that you, you whoop my button though. Like you, you do a lot more that getting dirty herping. And I honestly love that. I just don't get the opportunity to do that as much as I used to. And so most of my herping is road cruising and I've got a few flipping spots, which I'll go out and flip, but I like that good old field herping. You get out there and you
1: just, you, you do a good hike
3: for them and, Go into their habitat, deep into the swamps. That's some fun stuff. But yeah, I haven't gotten to do that in a while, man.
1: You know, you know last year Bill on Miller, you know Billy, and he came up, and it was about August, and we we were going up to the road to a state park up here, and there was a timber rattlesnake in the middle of the road, and that's the first road cruise timber rattlesnake I found ever, and that, that was like it was about four feet, but it was a black pace. It was a, it was a beautiful timber, and I was like, that was the first time that ever happened. I was a shock, man. I I don't usually see road crews. That's amazing.
3: No, I've never actually seen a black timber in person, you know, but not besides zoos or anything. Never seen a wild one, so that would be really sweet for me to see as well. We actually get quite a few of uh, you know, I call them cane breaks. I know they're technically the same thing, but there's visually there's a lot of difference between them. And even just the way that they act and hunt, there's a lot of difference between them. But our, our cane breaks that we have over here, you can actually road cruise them quite regularly if you know the spots for them. And so it's nice getting to see them, and they get big. I mean, you road cruise four- to six-footers quite regularly if you know where to look for
1: them. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I wish I – you know, just in this area, it's not very good with the road cruising, but uh... – we were hoping to move down to the Carolinas and stuff, you know, that'd be a little bit, that'd be a totally different ball game for me getting down there. Oh yeah.
3: Now road crew is definitely (laughs) your best friend when you get like me and you're trying to work on that fat dad bod. So I'm trying to get that lower (laughs) level, you know, being able to sit in that air conditioned trucks, my, uh, my way to do it.
1: Nice. Yeah. Well, I got, I got a little belly there now and, you know, I need to get out there and do some, uh, heavy walking and hiking and stuff and, yeah, uh, not happening really
3: as much <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sorry, my bear just jumped into the truck. She she had a little accident. Molly, can you tell them hello?
1: Hello. <laughs> Hi, Molly. I don't, I don't know. She, she she's definitely your apple, your eye, there, or Oh, she's a stink, man. Trust me. She's a stink. She knows it, too. She's extra stinky. She
3: she gets away with murder if she wants to with those big browns. And that's what I always said, too. I said, the good Lord's got a good sense of humor because I, I really wanted a boy, mainly just because I knew if I got a girl, I'd be broke because I knew that God would make her with her mama's brown eyes. And sure enough, he did it. He did it just to get <laughs> at me. And so she flashes those big browns at you, and it's just, your toast. Go ahead and get that wallet out because she's getting it. So...
1: Yeah, well, I, yeah, I know where you're coming from there. They go through the same thing, kind of. You know, them old girls, they just got your heart. Oh, they do, for sure. They get a hold of you. Yeah, well, I'll, you know, i would be interested to see your fishing videos, too. Because you don't, you don't catch too many bass up here anymore.
3: Oh, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I exclusively fish for. But I've had... I've had a great season this summer, but also a kind of rough one because I've missed my personal best bass twice now, and both of them by almost the same thing. The first bass I missed because he actually ripped my hook off of the bait itself. So my hook was actually snapped in half. And then the other bass that I missed that would have been my personal best, he took that hook and straightened it all the way out. And so I've missed two of my personal best because of hook failures. And uh, oh man, it's disheartening. They were monsters. Oh my gosh, they would have been beautiful if I would have been able to pull them in the boat. But uh, yeah, bass is where it's at, dude. I, I love bass just because it's like fishing for miniature sharks. Those things are beasts. Well, oh, yeah, yeah. Well,
1: you know, up in here and stuff, they've been getting like some giant snakeheads and stuff in the river. I tell you, they're they're scary fish, man. I so said they kind of scare me a little bit because they can bite and all kinds of stuff. They come at you. <laughs> I don't know about chasing. Really. You. Yeah, they're, they're pretty vicious. But uh, That's cool. Josh, if you have you any... a
3: GoPro and go film some of that.
1: No, <laughs> I, I should. I think you're right. I think I should get in there and get in the water and stuff, do some videos like that. But uh, Josh, do you have any questions for Lori? Uh
2: yeah, yeah. I was interested in some of the stuff you find when you're uh, field herping because um a lot of times people that field herp frequently I'll hear about like the you know, the weird different like morphs and varieties they'll find. And um, I love the cane breaks. I'm a huge fan of cane breaks. I actually, um, I used to volunteer somewhere where I lived in Florida for about 10 years, and I thought they were awesome. I think they're completely different from timbers. I think it's kind of strange that they're considered the same species. But, but yeah, if we could, uh, you know, hear about some, like, unique finds that you have and uh, anything about the cane breaks, I'm always, like, super interested in
3: those. Honestly, I wish I could tell you some, uh, some cool finds. In regards to morse or cool colors, I've found, I really haven't found anything too out of the ordinary, but I'm I'm also one of those people. I love um, don't go wrong. I, I like Morse, but there's something about just the normal phase. Like for instance, I went I was in West Texas, and of course I was looking for uh, Trans-Pecos rat snakes. And a lot of people love the blonde phase of the subox. I actually prefer just the normal. Like I I really love the normal phase of almost everything. But no, I'm I'm the most boring person to talk to when it comes to uh, exceptional finds regarding unique morphs, because everything I catch is pretty much normal. Um, even cane breaks, like I've never caught a unique canebrake. The, the most unique thing I've ever found was I caught a western diamondback, and instead of having white and black bands on his tail, he had white and black stripes. And so it was just two solid black stripes, and then the, west, uh, the rest of it was white stripes going in between it. And so instead of having the rings going to his tail. And that's honestly the most unique thing i've ever found that that's pretty much it uh to share a canebrake break story though i did uh find a canebrake. break i i got called to do a snake removal and of course the person didn't know what snake it was they just told me to come remove it and uh you can't remove canebrakes over here because they're they're threatened and so i go over to the house and they said that they were missing their cat and uh i found this canebrake, break and sure enough he had one gigantic bulge inside of him now I can't cut the guy open and tell you that there was a cat in there. Uh, more than likely it would probably be a gigantic rabbit, but I thought it was very interesting that they were also missing their cat and hadn't seen their cat. <laughs> and the last time it was spotted was out by the canebrake. but man, that cane wow. on it. it was, it was probably a five and a half foot long specimen. It was big, big, big canebrake, And, uh, she was gorgeous. And so I talked to the people, told them that he's threatened, told them that you can't move him, but I'll try and usher him off into the woods. And that's what I did. And, um, yeah, they they have now sent me two more pictures of different cane breaks. Who knows, maybe one of them could have been the same one uh, that they get on their property quite regularly, almost every single year. And it seems to be around my birthday. They always text me around July 13th in the summer with a, a new cane break. So, interesting. Yeah, we got a lot of them around here, that's for sure.
2: No, that sounds super interesting. I mean, that's kind of unfortunate if it did have uh, the cat in there, but, but hopefully not. Hopefully they eventually found that cat. Kind of, I hope so. Um, yeah,
3: they never text me otherwise, but I'm like, I was thinking that it could have been it, but honestly, you know, if I was a betting person, I
1: would bet on a very big
3: rabbit that it got a hold of, but I mean, you should have just seen that bulge didn't it tell me, dude. It was, it was a big old bowl, really big bowls. It would have had to been a massive rabbit for sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I was thinking about that road cruising you were talking about. I actually, um, lived in Florida quite a bit and I would see lots of gators and things like that, but I think you just, I'm assuming you just need to know how to pick the right roads. um, a lot of times in road cruising I didn't have much luck. I had to actually like go in the field and everything, but I also never tried it that much. Do you have any tips for the people listening on road cruising like the best spots or
3: Um, I mean honestly the the mo the more isolated the better. And then I always tell anyone who's wanting to start off without giving up any much road or any any roads is just start with the basics which is every animal needs water. And of course water's gonna bring insects, water's gonna bring frogs and these are, are big prey items for snakes. And so start around water pick a road that runs by or near water and the more desolate the better um i love or tend to have the best luck on roads that have vegetation that has grown up on the road Uh, as little shoulders as possible tend to give me the best luck and um trying to think of anything else uh yeah just stick to water water's one of my best things that i've done the best or had the best luck to is the closer you can road cruise next to water the the better your results are going to be in Regards to numbers, I'm not telling you that's going to get you your specific snake you're looking for because that's all about habitat and uh, and matching the terrain or the prey item that they hunt for uh, to the road items around or the roads found around there. But for the most part, water watering, you should do pretty well there.
2: That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, a few of those things I've thought about before, but uh, like with the shoulder space and everything like that, I really think about the, like the shrubbery overlapping, but it kind of makes sense when they want to go into the clearing. Um, Oh yeah. What what time do you usually go go, um, uh, after sundown? The road's probably still nice and warm, so they probably want to go on there and warm up a bit. Or, I mean, do you have a time to recommend usually?
3: Uh, Depends on the time of year, honestly. But, like, right now, summer, um, I would start road cruising. So it gets dark here around 845. I would start road cruising around 730. Um, That gives me a chance to get any of the hog noses that may have been diurnal and then are going around trying to find a nice spot to kind of settle down for the night. And then once you actually get into the 830 to 845, that dust spot through the diurnal and nocturnal snakes. I've caught a lot of rough greens crossing into their sleeping spot at that time. And then once you get into darkness, that's whenever, of course, you you rack up on a lot more vipers. Um, I get a a lot of rat snakes right there at dusk. And then I love to cruise the morning times. I love to do the flip spot, uh, the the dawn times on that one as well, just because you get a different type of snake Uh, over there in west texas i always seem to have the best luck for gopher snakes early early in the morning and uh, i've caught them several of them at nighttime, but just for some reason those early morning gophers they're fun and they tend to be a lot more chill because of course the temperatures are cooler early in the morning as well and so hunted at different times um, it's dependent on the time of year the, the road that you're in the area that you're in it could be different so give it heck at all times until you figure the snakes out there you know
2: that's awesome that's really good tips I'm gonna have to try it out. It's one of those things I always about on like, people having this great luck and you know, on TV and YouTube and this and that. I always tell myself I need to try that out. So I'm gonna try some out some of your tips. It's actually a good time of the year, and I know some roads that are pretty desolate. That should be a good spots. So. It is. I'll try it yeah, out. Now that we go
3: to the end of summer, when temperatures start cooling down, you're gonna have fun doing it. So, best of luck to you whenever you get out there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No. Definitely. Definitely. So about your educational, um, like programs and do you go to schools and things like that, I'm guessing, is that right? So I'm a high school biology teacher. So
3: I, I teach, yep. um, you know, biology every single day. Uh, and yeah, I get one day, only one day dedicated to my love for snakes and that's called snake day at my school. And that's where the entire school comes into the LGI and I educate them on snakes, snake identification, why snakes are worth saving, um, did they really get chased by a snake? I do a lot of A type stuff and then situation like explaining situations to them. And um, then I, I bring in a, a lot of my collection and then I borrow some snakes from some friends and then show them some live specimens, some that they think is really cool. Of course, the hog nose pretty much wins all of that. Like everyone loves the hognose even the most stone cold hearted person will see that hog nose snake and kind of melt for them a little bit because they're pretty darn funny. And uh, the kids love the rough green snakes. They love when I blow on them, the way they'll dance with the wind. And then uh, a buddy of mine's got an eastern indigo that he lets me borrow for snake day. And, boy, when I pull out that indigo snake, the jaws just hit the floor. Uh, Everyone's amazed by that joker. And so, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. But, of course, my kids in my classroom, they pretty much get snake day every day because I tell them right from the get-go, I'm like, welcome to my class. I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now that if you don't like snakes, you're going to love them by the end of this year, or you're going to hate me, one of the two. So get ready
0: for it.
1: <laughs> no, Ori, I don't know about that. I don't know if anybody could actually hate you. Uh, you'd be surprised. The kids who fail my class, they don't tend to think too highly of me. <laughs> <laughs> but that just goes with the
3: program, you know. That, that's more of a self-reflection type thing on them.
1: Did you ever hear the kids say that, no, no, Mr. the – a snake ate my paper or, or a lizard ate my papers. I'm like, did you ever hear of that? Oh, yeah.
3: Kid, kids will pull all sorts of stuff. But the thing is now is, you know, they've times are just different now. Like, kids would try and lie to you, um, you know, whenever I was in high school. But, like, now they'll just straight up tell you, I didn't do it. Why? I didn't <laughs> want to do it. Just give me the zero. Like, they they just, they don't care, you know. Like,
1: they they could care less. So, it's
3: times are different now. They don't need to make up that stuff. They'll just face tell you their
1: face. I'm, I don't care. I don't need to do it. So. Teaching is uh,
3: definitely a test of patience, for sure.
1: <laughs> I used to say a dog ate my ate my homework all the time, and I didn't even have a dog, you know, when I was younger. And, uh it'd be like, uh, well, you still have to get it done, though. So here, here's the other paper, you know. So I never got away with that. Yeah, like uh, like most teachers, I was a good, a good two shoes. So I
3: pretty much did all of my homework, and if I ever missed it, I think my dad would have skinned my hide. So I, I had to uh, do the homework. I had my parents breathing down my neck on that stuff. So I was that goody
1: good two shoe kiddo. <laughs> you know, well, you know, I I did I did have that too, but you know, I mean, you have that little time when you're a teenager and stuff that you think you can get away with stuff, but you really don't. So nah, you, you like know. I said, dude, you're
3: you're bolder than me, man. I never got a tardy. I was what you know some kids call a nerd, uh, and I'm okay with that because I'm, I'm I'm pretty nerdy, you know, so I'm I'm alright with that.
1: You, you know, actually, Mario, I was looking at your video, and I'm like, I want a cowboy hat. You like that, man? <laughs> but, <laughs>
3: I actually get that a lot. A lot of people say, I need to get me a cowboy hat after they see mine. But I mean, I got to I, I understand where they're coming from. My hat—that's a nice daggum hat, and I've only found it at one store. And so I hope, God, nothing ever happens to that bad boy because it's, uh, it's, it's rare to find a hat that fits my head. I have such a weird-shaped head. Like my head's shallow, not very tall up top, so hats don't fit it too well. And so having a cowboy yeah. hat that actually fits my noggin pretty well, it's a hard thing to find. So that's a good hat. No, I I,
1: I just have a fat head where nothing really fits my head. So, you know, oh, yeah, it's fat fat hard being having a too. fat head, yeah them fat that bald head heads, heads is you know <laughs> uh-huh.
3: tiny head and it's shallow i wear seven and one eighth, which is not a giant head so
1: <laughs> Oh, that's all right man you can, you can still put some snakes in your hat too there we go that's what
3: i usually do I, I try and take a picture of all the animals on my hat which honestly isn't as much uh, posing as you'd think they all kind of gravitate towards that thing anyway I think they just love it, just 'cause the the black. I don't know, makes them think of shadows or a place to hide. I, I have no idea, but they just dart towards that hat and always want to wrap up on it, which I'm okay with. They can make it a nest. I don't mind.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a good use of uh, man-made stuff. You know what I mean? Man-made stuff can be good for reptiles. Yes, sir. And, uh, yeah, well, I was actually just watching the one about the Gila monster. I know that was, like, the one of, one of the coolest finds that you had. See? Oh, heck, yeah. yeah. No, that
3: Arizona trip was a trip of a lifetime, dude. That was an amazing trip.
1: No, it was, like, there's, Where's there's so cute. i I'm sorry, Rory, I didn't hear you.
3: No, I think
2: it was Josh who was talking. <laughs> yeah, no, that was actually me. I was just curious where you wound up following, uh, finding the Gila monster. I, I didn't know that range. Uh, what, what state was it, and was it in Texas or?
3: Oh no, no, Arizona. Uh, they they began to Okay, that makes a lot more range. sense.
2: I was like, wow, we found them in Texas. I didn't think they went that far out, but okay, gotcha. Yeah, I got a good record, like? man.
3: Right here in Houston.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was that like finding them in the wild?
3: Uh, finding the Gila monster was it, it was surreal. It was just one of those things. Of the guy who who took us there, uh, his name's Chris Meacham. He's an awesome dude. Um, really took care of us on that Arizona trip. He took us to a bat cave to go look for animals, and he said that it's a good place for helos, a good place for speckled rattlesnakes, and uh, and we'll, we'll see what else we can catch there. And so we got there, and sure enough, I mean right from the get go, we enter the bat cave. There's the Gila monster sitting there in the bat cave, right, right there, right there in the bat cave. We go a little bit That's farther awesome. down. There's three speckled rattlesnakes to the right, uh, a blacktail rattlesnake on the left. And then there's more speckleds going down the left side. There's a Western Diamondback on the right. We caught a Mojave on the way out. Like, it was just rattlesnakes galore. And then just the whole bat experience was amazing, too, just because there were so many bats. They were flying all over us. It was, uh, like I said, the trip of a lifetime, dude. It was, that day was one of the funnest days that I've ever had herping. It was amazing. And, yeah, just seeing the Gila monster getting to watch because, I mean, I know those things are venomous, but they're so daggum cute, too. Like, watching those jokers move, just the way they kind of strut and shake their nubby tail, they're freaking adorable to me. And so I was uh, enjoying the heck out of myself just watching him kind of lumber around and shake around and, of course, licking his tongue around. Uh, He was cute. He was really, really cute. And the hardest part about those guys is just them being threatened. And I'm one of those people. I I like to touch stuff, so I really, really wanted to touch him, But, of course, can't touch him. can't take him home. So I just had to watch and and bite my lip and just – film and so it was awful and amazing at the same time because he was adorable and i just wanted to give him a daggum hug
1: but i couldn't so <laughs> it's a test
3: of willpower i can tell
1: you that much <laughs> well i had to happen a went, already with uh we found a baby a hullbender and uh oh man i had I don't it have to hug I had, <laughs> I had, had it in the net and everything I Was going to take a couple pictures of it and stuff and uh and then I, the one guy that I used to know up there, he goes, oh, yeah, they're, they're threatening here and stuff. I said, yeah, I know that. Uh, but, you know, I never like really keep them in the net that long, and I kind of put them right back in the creek. So. Yeah.
3: The whole threat thing I understand for, for not keeping, but the, the, the digotomy part on that one, like, really aggravates me. Like, over here, canebrake rattlesnake is threatened. And so if someone goes out into the yard and chops its head off and brags about it on Facebook, nothing happens to them, like nothing. Nothing bad will happen. But if I go over to their house and move it, say, down the street or farther in their backyard, I could be cited. You know, I could get an actual fine for that. And I just think that those laws, I understand their intention, but the the dichotomy between, yes, you're allowed to kill them, but no, you're not allowed to save them, I think that's really messed up. Um, And so, yeah, the threatened thing. I like it, but it bothers the heck out of me at the same time just because of the, uh, you know, you get the wrong game warden on you. They can really hit you with a fat ticket if they want to just for trying to save an animal.
1: Yeah, I, I've heard that a couple times that somebody tried to move uh, Riles Bank off the road and stuff, and they got, they saw the, you know, these U.S. wildlife or whatever, saw the video of the wardens and stuff, and then they went after them. So I don't think that's actually fair, but no. <laughs> and I no, said actually that you're, you're a just break. moving off. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And uh I said uh, you know, not too long ago we did a show about the Louisiana pine snake. You know, mm-hmm. Dustin uh used to be he's on on the show, but he's taking a break. Uh you know, he had a pair of them and stuff, but you know, he pretty much had to stop breeding them and stuff because they got unlisted, so yeah, it's a sad thing, man. It's sad.
3: Yep, and I've even heard of uh, in Arizona them doing
1: stagings. Like they'll take a
3: uh, a Gila monster, put it in the road, and then they'll stage there and watch and watch for poachers. Hey, I'm all good for that. I'm game for that. But then I've known a p- couple of people who uh, who got out to go and help it across the road, and they got tickets too, just for helping it across the road. And it's like, woo, that's a that's a bit extreme, you know. Like if you if you usher it across the road, but by definition, that's harassing wildlife, you know. And so I, I don't see anything wrong with helping an animal across the road. Now grabbing it and taking it home, that's that's something I take issue with. But if you're uh, helping an animal across the road or trying to keep it from getting killed, there's there's nothing wrong with that in my mind. But that's the way the laws are. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, but you still
1: have to do this, do what you think is right. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, That's what I'm saying. I'd,
3: I'd be lying if I told you that, uh, you know, I haven't helped a cane break out or two across the road. So, Whenever I see those jokers in the road, and especially out here, dude, I've seen people cross the yellow line just to make sure they hit them in my lane to kill them, and then they'll turn around and go back and cut their rattle off. And so, boy, every time I see those jokers, I'll help them when I will show them across the road. And I do it with a grin on my face, J.D.
1: That's what I want to hear, Ori. You know, you can't stop (laughs) doing that stuff. That's a good – I said, I've seen people up here, you know, they they see a box, they try to run it over and stuff, and – you know, I just don't understand it, you know. As a, the animal's not doing anything to them, but they want to go over and run it over. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yep. it kind of drives me crazy a little bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, I've seen a lot of animals, you know, pretty much meet their fate on the roads, and, you know, that's as horrible as it is. So if you can help them cross the road, help them cross the road. I'm into that, dude.
3: Amen. I help all the ones I see, that's for dang sure.
1: No, you have to. That's that's our place on this earth, man. We gotta help, help the other critters. Mhm.
3: Well J D, what's some uh future films that you would like to see me try and lay out?
1: You know, I wanna I wanna see another one the Texas coral snake.
3: You want another Texas coral snake one?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are such a cool species. I love I love coral snake.
3: Me and Bob uh, two of them this past year, and uh, one of them was gigantic. Oh my gosh, he was big. But uh, those those are wiry snakes, man. Like don't get me wrong, I love them. They are beautiful, but whoo, like out of all the venomous snakes, they're the ones who make me most nervous working with on camera, just because they're so daggum crazy. They uh they just they'll be so calm, so chill one second. And then you're trying to get them to sit still for a shot, and they start spazzing out. And then after they start spazzing, they just never quit, and they just always go psycho. But, uh, yeah, they're awesome snakes. I love every coral I see. I get giddy as a kiddo whenever I
1: see one of those jokers. So I understand your love for them. Yeah, we'd like uh, the buttermilk uh, uh, racers. I think they're, like, beautiful snakes. I know racers are crazy as it is, you know. <laughs> we have the black rat, you know. Yeah. Black racers up here, and they're and they're crazy, but they're very neat. They're very cool species.
3: Yeah, that buttermilk racer. He's in my my snake day presentation. I've got a a picture of bites from snakes, and I've got a picture of my hand after one gave me a pretty good gnawing after I was trying to cut him out of some deer netting. But you know, people put the, that deer net over their gardens to keep deer from eating their flowers, and yeah, uh, it's like a death trap for racers and hog noses or some of the most common snakes I get called for to come remove, And, of course, this racer, I made a deal with him. I was like, all right, dude, I'm not going to hold you behind the head if you promise not to sit here and gnaw on me. And he just looked at me like I hate you, like all racers do. But I still, you know, took him at his word for it, and so I started cutting him out of the netting. And uh, I was about halfway through, and all of a sudden I felt that joker just start gnawing hard on my pinky finger. And he was getting, like, right there on that bone. (laughs) And so I was like, ah, stop. And so I I grabbed him, trained him finished cutting out and then let him go he didn't even say thank you he just ran off yeah they're they're kind of booty heads dude they're pretty but
1: they're yeah booty heads. yeah and you know, i said that you know those are like the black razors up here and uh you know actually got a couple weeks ago got a little garter and stuff and he, he just launched on my hand he was he was trying to eat my pinky oh yeah
3: do you do you react at all to garter bites or no
1: yeah, well, actually, actually, them and the hog nose. I actually got bit by eastern hog nose, and my my, my hand started swelling up a little bit. Really?
3: See, I've never ever been tied by an eastern hoggy, but the we've got the ribbons down here quite commonly. And I tell you what, those jokers! I get a pretty pretty solid burning sensation when I get bit by the ribbon snakes around here. Uh, the the ribbons will, will give me a nice little burn, but I mean it's nothing to cry about. But it's just totally different from you know a texas rat snake a, a racer or anything like that i get bit by them it's just that scratching feeling but boy i get hit by a ribbon and there's that after effect burn that lingers for a few hours afterwards it's interesting
1: well i said that and then you get bit by a garter and stuff you know there's saliva you know i uh-huh. I, I kept bleed, kept bleeding and went it cl- you know the, the blood would stop stop flowing for a long time i had to they put something on there and hold it on there for a long time just to get it to stop. I was like, it really made me bleed. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've heard uh,
3: water snakes do that to people too. Heard that the water snakes <clears throat> will cause them to bleed quite freely.
1: Yeah, it was a kind of weird experience, though, getting bit by Eastern Hogno because that uh, was kind of this whole whole accident kind of thing. I do know he had his mouth open and he just kind of got my finger in there. You know, he just kind of closed is, it, but right. he, he wasn't really trying to bite me, though.
3: But still, though, just the fact that you got, I mean, again, I've never ever been bit. I've had several of them open their mouth at me and even come at me open mouth, but I've never had any of them actually latch on or anything. I've known a few people to get bit, but I've, I'm just one of those, I guess, different ones. I have not gotten hit yet, I should say, yet.
1: You know, I should say about the Herper Adventures that you get bit by everything but a reptile. Like, yeah, like the one time I flipped, flipped a rock and a hornets were under there. I got stung like five times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the kind of stuff that it just throws you right off because I got attacked by ants. You know, like the big Appalachian ants that we have up here, they start chewing on my leg. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah. you know, that's, yeah, that stuff just throws me off a little bit. I'd rather get bit by a snake than the ants and stuff, everything, you know. Heck,
3: yeah. They give you that, you know, radiating shooting pain. It's like lightning right there. It's like, woo, wakes you up. Right yeah. There.
1: Yeah, I was wondering one time I was out of and stuff, and I had my chaps on and stuff, and I took them off, and there's ants all the way up the side, and they're all biting into my leg. You know, like, that actually hurt quite, quite nicely. You <laughs> know, it was actually really nasty.
3: Yeah. Yeah, ants will get it to you. Well, hey, J.D., I've, I've got to go in and talk to my uh, my salesman for the house right now, brother. But I, I really appreciate you guys having me on the show. It was great getting to talk to you guys.
1: Uh, thank you, Ori, and uh, God bless you, man. And, uh, you know, we'll stay in touch here, here and good luck yeah, to the God house. You,
3: uh, thank you. Thank you. Hopefully uh, hopefully you don't need it. But if if we do, thank you for sending us our way. We're going to be praying hard. Hopefully we're making the right decision. But, God
1: and bless you. Make some fishing. Yeah. Oh, a great day. All right, bro, Talk to you
3: later. It. Nice meeting you, Josh. Nice meeting
1: you too. We're a little bit early here, but we can talk about other stuff, Josh. Uh, you know, Oremarini's a great guy.
2: Oh yeah, he's really knowledgeable and really passionate. I read a lot of his material. And I just like, you know, the fact that he's educating people about treating snakes humanely. The message he's just getting across is really a positive, strong message. And, you know, the fact that he educates people in his school. And, you know, if you read up, he says he educated people in, you know, other schools, too. And, I mean, that's great. I mean, education is, you know, extremely important. I mean, mean, everything, uh, you know, in terms of the hobby, the whole spectrum is important. And it's nice to know there's people like him hitting that portion of it. So that's great. Nice guy, too. Very nice guy. Right, I forgot to. I was
1: gonna share a little story and stuff about Miss, you know, my brother Ori There, the, you know, a few years back, my wife had a stroke, and uh, he gathered some money up and he sent it to us and stuff. But he he has a very kind heart, you know. And I, you know, I keep on thanking him for that. But he don't really say much about it. But I was gonna say that to him too. But thank you, brother, brother Ori, You're 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 a uh, blessing, brother.
2: Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, he's just, you know, very modest and a very, very nice guy. So that's great. Very good. It's nice to hear about the things he's working on. He seems pretty knowledgeable, so that's excellent.
1: So. Yeah, he did. I don't know if you watch some of his videos and stuff, but he has one about, you uh, know, he was catching turtles. And he went out and he took his boots off because he didn't want to get his boots muddy. You know, when you're talking about the mud thing, he don't really get muddy. Yeah. <laughs> so he took off that's the boots smart. and stuff yeah. and he yeah, he walked out in there and he goes, That catch a huge turtle and it was a baby little uh, baby red or slider and stuff. But uh, he did a part in that video where he put his finger back there, and he made car noises and kinda of moved the turtle around. But if anybody right. has seen that vi- if anybody has seen that video, that actually does work. Yeah, well, if a turtle, if you catch a turtle and they go under a shell and stuff, put your finger behind it and kind of move it around like a car. And in the video, he's yeah. making car noises and stuff, and actually their head will pop out, and they'll start walking.
2: Oh, because they're conditioned. Yeah. They're conditioned by their environment, environmental conditioning. Gotcha. <laughs> so they, they yeah. see the cars, and they know what cars mean. So the ones that didn't know what cars mean weren't, you know, they're not around to really pass on those genes,
1: so. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was pretty It's interesting. It's funny to watch it and stuff, but I was going to try to make him do that. But, you know, he'd be out with all of us, so we can't have him do that now. But uh, we got some cool stuff coming up on the show next week. We have Kevin McCurley, and you know a lot about Kevin, bro. So <laughs> that might be a lot of questions for you. <laughs> you prepare for that.
2: Yeah, no, I was talking to him about it today actually, and I was telling him, um, I remember we have the you know the, the podcast a week from today, and he's looking forward to it. I mean, we have like a lot of really cool projects, and it's funny because some of the stuff that we have that, that's really cool, people don't even know about too much. Um, so that's what I think he's trying to going to try to hit on because. A lot of people know about the ball pythons and, you know, stuff like that. But there's so many cool things that, you know, we don't touch on as much. So uh, he's really excited about it. I'm excited to have him. He's a character. He, you know, he's really animated. It's really entertaining. So that that's always good. He really is into reptiles and he's um, just really entertaining to listen to. So, I mean, I'm really pumped about it. So, and I know he is too. So he appreciates yeah, invite I'm, sure. I'm excited that he's coming on and stuff, you know. But
1: I have one thought in my head. And it's still it's still, put, it's still up there, bro. I'm gonna. I think we need to have him on that show, so like talk about how to like how to care for each. I think we need to have him sing. It's gonna be like a singing uh, care knowledge
2: <laughs> thing. Exactly. <Yeah. laughs> and,
1: and maybe he should bring his guitar too. You know what I mean? So yeah, you know that'd be. Show oh, that'd be like, I don't think anybody
2: else has ever done that. Yeah, a, a live show, yeah, yeah. He practices a lot. I mean, even today when I saw him, he was practicing on his guitar. He's he really talented with that, he's really passionate about it. So that would be cool. That'll be, I'm sure he would do it. He may even do it if we don't ask. So that's great.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I know, I know. As far as Herbert Coulter, though, he, he has brought so many cool things. And, and to the Herb lobby, man, the water monitors are huge. You know, the reticulated pythons, the ball pythons. Yeah, I know I kind of made fun of about it in the next show and the, the description a little bit as I leave the balls at home, but ball pythons are awesome. I'm not putting them down, so, you know, you know where I'm coming from, though.
2: Oh, yeah, no, I get that, You know, you know how it is. Like, when I'm... Um when ball pythons first came out and we started getting really mainstream, everyone wanted them and the people that are still passionate about it still keep them. And then some people don't, but I mean, ball pythons are awesome. It's one of those things that before it was cool to like ball pythons when I was a kid, I actually liked them when they were like disposable animals. I thought they were awesome. I thought they were the perfect snake. And then, um, so then it got really popular and now it's still pretty popular where some people kind of phased it out, but I don't know. I've always thought ball pythons are awesome, but for, for him to come on and talk about Ball Pythons, which I'm sure he'll cover, that's, that's going to be cool. But I think a lot of times, I mean, everyone sees all those videos on Ball Pythons. And they know all his books and stuff like that. So it's nice, you know, to touch on things that people don't know as much about them. So I think it's going to be cool. It's going to be people seeing him from a different perspective. There's a lot of shows he did in the past, podcasts, are like pretty much Ball Python ones. So to have this, you know, person come on that's, you know, super knowledgeable about even a lot of other topics, um, to hear that other side that people usually don't get to hear, that's going to be really cool.
1: Yeah, I also think that, you know, having Kevin on, too, that he has experience with so much stuff that we're going to actually have to do, like, a two-part
2: show. I was thinking the same thing, because, and Kevin's stories, I mean, I don't want to, you know, give too much away, because we'll it next week dedicated to it and everything. I mean, but he has some good stories, and he's a good storyteller, so I was thinking the same thing. Especially, I mean, retakes alone could be, like, you know, one whole show, but we'll see how it goes. We'll play it by ear and just let it flow, but... I don't know. I'm really excited, but I'm sure other people are excited about it, too, and want to make sure I, you know, link that on Instagram and stuff like that, so share it so everyone can listen in live. And if we open up the line, then, you know, people can even, you know, call in or message in and ask them questions and stuff, so that would be even better, kind of put them on the My, with questions. So.
1: No, I think that's what, it, you know, he, has so, he does so many cool videos about stuff. You know, it's just... Yeah, he's, he's a pioneer for sure, man. He, he definitely is, man. I, that's how I look at him. He brought so many things up to you. He has the line, uh, you know, he's looked at it on the lines like burke Leonard Wolf. So. <laughs> you know, he was a great arbiter of some stuff, man. He did some cool stuff. So, you know, I think it's just awesome.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, mean, I totally agree on that. And he just, he's just a guy was really, really passionate about reptiles. I mean, he's good with, the, you know, the business aspect and, and stuff like that. But when it gets down to it, he's just, like, a real, like, reptile fanatic. And, and, it, and it helps out to see someone that's, you know, that passionate and, you know, really follow, you know, his dream for breeding animals and stuff like that. I mean, it helps people out that, you know, think about starting their own, you know, breeding collections or, or just want to have an animal as a pet. So, I mean, it's nice to have, you know, all these, you know, different guests that specialize in different things like Ori today with the education and the field herping that I was really excited to hear that, to hear that different perspective that sometimes people don't get to hear, um, to hear people into you know, other species, you know, like, just like I am. And then to have people that are like, you know, legends in the, in the field, like Kevin come, that's just, it's really icing on top of the cake. So I think it's a really good lineup, and I'm really excited about next week's show and the following week's show, this really strong stuff. So it's awesome.
1: I take so too, brother. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you already said who's coming on next week, you know, that was kind of a little line like Justin would say. But, uh, when yeah, Kevin McCurley's coming on. You know, the evil horse god. You have to put that in there. And uh, <laughs> so we'll uh, be back next week with uh, with Kevin McCurley and, uh, you know, talk about nerd, about what's going on there. And Josh will be back next week. So uh, what do you say we rock? And we'll come back on there next
2: week rock on that's my part right
1: (laughs) yep 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 you got it man you got it i remember there you go (laughs) all
2: right thanks so much